All right, we got one last message in Philippians before we uh, get on a, a jet plane. But bef- uh, on the way out, there's these journals. They're free. Don't take them without committing to do it. But we're going to go through a series starting August 1st in our church on the book of Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs, 31 days in August. If you're a linear person, an OCD, you can wait till August the 1st and start with us. But if you're free-spirited, free-floating, like I am uh, sometimes, uh, I started uh, with some of our guys that we pray on Tuesdays. Today was the 24th. I journaled and read Proverbs 24 today. And then I'll just start over on August 1st, and we're going to go through the Proverbs, it'll be a month of hopefully gaining some wisdom from God. So get you a journal uh, on your way out uh, this morning. Philippians, Paul's going to end the letter with a, with a, remember this is basically a letter that's a thank you letter. He's been in prison and this church has been generous to him. And it reminds me a lot of our church. And I just want to brag on you guys a little bit uh, this morning. And I'm just, it's always fun to preach a message. I'm not saying we're there. We're not there. You're never there, and we always got room to grow, but we're not here. And as a church, uh, this uh, we God really put us on the map to the vineyard, and 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 just your generosity, your your kindness, your radical hospitality. These are things that the kingdom of God is. It's so necessary, or you lose people that come in the building. We had diversity this week that was so, you don't see that. We're the Vineyard fights for diversity. Now we have some of our new associate national leaders. We have two African-Americans. We, we had, uh, Kelly had our stage Miami Vineyard came and they, they're diverse. They're, they're less white than they are uh, African-American and Hispanic. And so uh, Kevin brought his team and they mixed in with our teams and, and just uh, 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 the, reflecting the kingdom, reflecting where we want to go as a people. We don't want to be a, a, an all-white group. We don't want to be an all-baby boomer group. And so that means us boomers have to change. We don't have to change what we believe, but how we approach things. And so it was just been a, a it was a, a, our church just shined and, and, I, and Paul, to him, he's bragging to these people, the Philippians, in this end of the chapter. And I want to pick it up in chapter 4, where they've given him this financial gift through Epaphroditus, uh, a guy that came and, and, uh, and brought the gift many, many miles. In verse 14 of chapter 4, Paul says, It was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as for you Philippians, know... In the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment. Even more, I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Now we'll come back to the rest of it in a second. But Paul wants to clarify is that, you know, I'm not teaching you about being generous because I want to benefit from it. He said, as a father... I'm teaching you how to be generous that 
you will benefit from it. And one of the things, and I, I get it in the body of Christ today, there's, there's leaders left and right that, that aren't good examples. There's been times I haven't been a good example. We teach people to keep your eyes on Jesus. There's one Jesus. Pastors ain't him. Amen? Okay. We got a responsibility to lead, and there's times we just show our humanness and we fail. And I get it that people are, when you start talking about finances and money, people get on edge about it. And it's, but it's part of discipleship. Do you know the average vineyard pastor makes 30% less than pastors in every other denomination. The only ones that make less than them are some of the Catholics that have taken a vow of poverty. That's sad. That's not true for Kim and I. There were years that was true. Uh, There were years that I had leaders that felt it was their job to kind of keep us from, I don't know what what they were thinking, but uh, that's not the team we have now. And we're very generously uh, taken care of. We're very grateful. There's, there's estimated over 200 pastors in the next five years in the vineyard out of 630 that are going to retire, and they have no exit strategy. Many of them exempted out, like I did, of Social Security uh, back in the 80s. They get, you, know, you could be a conscientious objector and not pay Social Security. The problem is you should have your church pay 7% that they would have normally paid on the Social Security, had you been in it, no one gave us that little nugget. But we went back into Social Security a number of years ago and had to pay three years backwards. It was painful, but I'm grateful that we did. But many of these pastors don't even have Social Security. So it's a desperate uh, situation. There are pastors that were here that have a food pantry in their church, and they go to it for them and their children. Now, these are pastors of the vineyard. And so the vineyard's on it. But many of them never taught their people how to give. It feels unspiritual. You're talking about money. But it's the kingdom. And Jesus talked about money. Because it's not about money. It's about discipleship. It's about who do you trust. So Paul's saying, I'm glad you gave. I mean, it's a blessing. But you know, that's not what I'm, what I'm looking for is what's going to benefit you. And that's what he says in uh, verse 17. I, I'm not looking for a gift but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. In other words, he's understood with God that in the kingdom, God has a CPA aspect to his being, or he wouldn't have made CPAs. Any CPAs in the house? Ledger people, keep up, nobody? None? No? No? Okay, one, thank you. CPAs, they, they, they keep track of everything. We keep track of this church of every dime that's spent, every dime that's given, Every dime that's spent, it's accounted for. Why? Because God's a CPA. There's a side, but he's also a radical artist. So he can all do all sides of things. He's creative, free-flowing. And Paul says, when you give, you give to Paul, and this saves, but they really, he's going to teach them, you're not giving to Paul. Paul can say thank you, but that's all he can do. God says I delight in what you just did, and I'm going to bless you back. That's part of the kingdom of God. It's not give to get. It's not give to earn. It's give to acknowledge that everything we have comes from God. And and then he goes on, and he's going to turn something very practical. Giving. 
a very earthy, practical, physical thing, material thing. And he describes it in verse 18 as at the middle of the verse, he says, Epaphroditus brought the gifts that you sent. They're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Now think about that. He said, when you gave your money, it was like in the Old Testament, the priest taking a sheep, cutting their throat, draining their blood, carrying it, putting it on the altar, burn all, uh, uh, burn, uh, 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 altar of the burn off. Anyway, the place they burned up the sacrifice, altar of burnt offerings. So they, they burned up, and when, as they burned it up, you could smell it. It's like going by a barbecue's place. One of my, I, could, I could do laps around barbecue plate. Just put your window down and smell. We walked up here Wednesday night, and Kim goes, what's that smell? It's so good. I said, Richie's cooking barbecue tonight, and it was some really good barbecue. And, and, and it's, a, it's a sweet smell to me. Now, maybe you're not a big barbecue person, but to God, this is, this is he's going, smell that? That's my children being generous. When we played bingo, God hushed heaven and said, we're playing bingo tonight, and he's going to pick who wins. The people that won weren't needier than others. There are probably people in the building that had far more needs than some of them that won. But God just said, I'm going to show my children I'm a generous God, and he blessed them. And we celebrated with them because God is pleased with generous. Over this just this past year, just this year, this church we, we raised over $80,000 to put a roof on where we're going in Burundi. We get to worship under it, Lord willing, Thursday night. We'll be, there's six hours ahead of us. So sometime at lunch on Thursday, Lord willing, you can know that your team here is under the roof that you put on in Burundi. And we redid the roof here. Total of about 80000 About a month ago, we got a letter from a lawyer that said a man died and that we didn't know, and he left us in his will. I'm like, okay. I didn't of it until the check came. Check came, I opened it, $85,000 legacy check. I don't know the man that I'm aware of. Came here in 2012, came to dinner church and liked what we were doing. He left a legacy. What a witness to his children. What a witness to his grandchildren, to his friends. We're trying to think of an appropriate way because we don't know. They live in, I don't know, it's either Ohio or Indiana. It makes me guilty for making fun of Ohio people. I know mean, it's just the way it goes. You know, it's just, Indiana, okay, we're good. Woo! Ah, thank God. Almost had to carry the cross. Celebrate someone from Ohio. Whoa! They're in Indiana and Wow, what a, what, and then we gave more, we, we, we supported, you guys supported more children through Convoy of Hope. How many children we ended up supporting? Like, I don't know, several hundred, over 300 children. And, and then we gave another 20,000 to uh, uh, Ukraine. Uh, and, just, and then we gave a van away, special needs van, access. By the way, pray for her because she's in desperate need of a kidney, needs a transplant. But what a year when, and I had to keep my mouth shut because every pastor pretty much had the worst year in 2020 and 2021. They've ever, and I'm like, 
we've had our best two years. But I couldn't, I didn't want to make them feel bad, but God prospered us. I mean, and it's because of the smell of Thursday night. You know, we had dinner church. We decided, should we cancel it? Because we had our closing session at 7. Dinner church ends at 6.30. You put, you got to give out all the bags of food, and then you got to set up the building. So we bumped it up 15 minutes. We played bingo. We fed them a great meal. We had some of the leaders come to see how we did it. We preached the paint off the wall, had four stood, rang the bell four times, and set this church back up like this in 25 minutes. And we're ready they were like, do-do-do-do-do, as the pastors were showing up. They had no idea what happened and what transpired while they had their afternoon nap. We did the stuff. And now I'm, all I'm saying to you is that, that Paul gets it that you can't outgive God. When you lend to the poor, you lend to the Lord and he has no debtors. When you're kind and generous, but you, you got to get past, I'm giving my money to the vineyard. You got to get, they had to get past their giving their money to Paul. Paul says it's not a sweet, sweet smelling aroma of a sacrifice to him. It's to the God that they honored when they gave. You, you, you know, when we went on sabbatical in 2020, you guys were so generous to us. It, it was, I have to this day pastors that can't, how did it happen? All I know is that, that you guys, it, it made us feel loved. It wasn't about the money. It was about being loved and released and blessed. We had somebody that happened to be here this morning, but he had a Harley in his garage. It was a project, but he had a Harley. And he donated the Harley to the church for us to sell and put towards sabbatical. And I got to thinking, if I had a Harley, which I never have, who would I give it to to go on sabbatical and play? I'm like, nobody. Where are you guys? I can't make eye contact with you. Maybe they're, they served in this. She's trans. Ah, oh, glory adios. Glory adios. What a, I mean, well, Kim and I sat down with our book of photos and we cried last night and we thought about them and you guys and the one that got us started and, and generous people in this church that just, invested in us. You went with us. The same will be true in Burundi. I wish we could take everybody that wanted to go. It's it's a massive uh, uh, thing to get to Africa. It's just really difficult on every level, and it's it's expensive. So there's five of us going, Kelly that leads worship, Pastor Jason and his wife Carrie, and Pastor Kim and myself, and uh, just the airfare alone, we're probably at 12 grand. Just the airfare. That's not the car rental and the food and the hotels and the blah, blah, blah. Then you can say, why don't you just send them a check? Why go? They would burn the money versus having us be present with them. They're fasting. They're praying. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. They're fellow vineyard pastors. And we're going to go there and represent you. You will be there because you give here. And you are part of what God is doing, not just with giving, but praying and serving. And we just say, thank you. Now, some of you maybe aren't there yet. Okay. We're not in any need. 
We're prospering. We're giving money away at bingo. You don't give money away at bingo to people you don't know if you're not doing well. We're doing good. And we're not in a crisis. Thank you, Jesus. We've been in them before. We may be in another one. The worst thing in the world is a pastor to get up in crisis and ask for money. We don't need your money. But you need to learn to give. You need to learn to honor God. It's not yours. It's not you, so I work for it. Not if God decided you're not getting out of bed. I know every day I get out of bed, it's a gift of God. I have vertigo. I cannot lay on my right side. I cannot roll over on my right side. I hook my leg over the bed, consciously turn my head to the left, and say, God, please help me not have get up with vertigo. Because once I go into it, it's game over. I don't just snap out of it, take a dram, I mean, whatever. I'm out for several days. I'm out. I get up every morning, mindful how I get out of bed. It's grace. There's been, there's been meetings, times where I just, you know, one Sunday a number of years ago, I got up, got bingo, crashed into the shower, crashed, forgot my clothes on, made it down. That was it, game over. I said, honey, you're up. But I did not, she came here, killed it. It was after the hurricane had gone through. You let a hurricane thing there. And she looks at me all the time and said, don't you ever do that again. You get up on the right side of the bed and you'd get up right. You learn how to get up. Don't you roll over. Which by the way, just a marital thing. I changed where I laid in bed because for years, for years, I laid on the, as you're laying there, I'm on the left. She's on the right. She likes to snuggle. Well, I can't roll over because of my vertigo. So there was this kind of gap. So God showed me, you're going to, and you know how hard, it was one of the hardest. It's like moving the underwear drawer. <laughs> I've had my drawer. I've told you that before. I've had my drawer, top drawer. Since I've been a little kid, you put your underwear, socks, t-shirt, top drawer. I can do it. And, and with two hours sleep, I can find the top drawer. I grab but, you know, if you move them, I'm going for that top drawer for the rest of my life. I don't think I could ever break that habit. And I'll find them eventually. Well, you, you try changing the side of the bed you sleep on. It'll rock your world. But now I can roll over, and it drives her insane. She liked it better the other way because she can't get away from me. That's a good thing after 44 years of marriage. Amen. She, she likes me rolling over. I don't know what the point was in that. Was there a point? Come back to Jen. When all else fails, talk about giving. All right, we're back to giving. Generous giving. You know, last year we went to Burundi. I had a lady in our church give me $500 cash and said, have fun and bless somebody with this. So I'm, I carried it to Burundi. I forgot about it. I had it in my Bible in an envelope. And I saw it on the plane because we went from there to South Africa. And I thought, oh, no, I forgot to give someone the $500. So we're with this couple in South Africa, and we had brought him a new laptop to bless him. And Kim said, we're going to bless his, his wife. And I was like, and she said, I think we should give him $500. She didn't know about the envelope, the $500. And I'm like, 500 500. So Kim's like, I'm going to take her clothes shopping. It just didn't work. She didn't want anything. And Kim's like, we're going to get her some jewelry. And we went into this town in, in South Africa, and it's a jewelry store. 
and it specializes in pearls. We didn't realize she loves pearls. It's not a big deal, and Kim's not a big pearl person, but she loves pearls. Never had a pearl necklace. And we took them in there, and we let them just try. She, they had no idea of the budget, and she tried on that. So I took the guy to the side that owned the store, a little bitty store. Saw that. I said, how much for the earrings and the necklace? And he, I said, listen, give me your rock, your, your, your rock bottom price. And he said, you paying cash? I said, yep. You paying in American dollars? Yep. He started it, and I didn't say anything. He started at five, they were worth in the 800s. He said, 530 something. And I was about to tell him, all I got is 500. And he said, all right, listen, $500. One, two, three, four, five. She was so blown away. What we didn't know that a few years ago, they were in Johannesburg at a stoplight, fist in the window, hand in, took, they were moving. She had every jewel that she'd ever had in her family. They're not wealthy people. And they stole the bag of all her heirlooms, all her jewelry. And God knew, these are people that have a home, have a car. They're not starving. It's not that we, there were people in Burundi that, I'm just telling you this to say, God loves to bless his people. Yes, the destitute, but also those that just to remind him how much she got to wear that pearl necklace. Her husband got to lead Frederick de Klerk, who was president of South Africa, who released Nelson Mandela from prison, who turned over power of the South African government, the white minority, turned it over without a shot being fired, hated and threatened by his own people, he conceded power to Nelson Mandela and had their first free election, and he won. That man got cancer this last year, and our friend got invited to Supernatural Story to go visit him and pastor him through cancer, led him to Jesus, and he went to be with the Lord. They went and did his national memorial in South Africa, and she wore those pearls. Come on. God smells that. Offering of one hardworking lady that said, "Here," and all we were was the carrier. The the yeah, and 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 they don't even know her to say thank you to her. Just like the children you sponsored in wherever they are, they don't know you to say thank you to you. And but God, that's what Paul's saying. You're a sweet aroma to God when you. When you set, God, he knows how hard it is to give up your money, how hard you work to get your money, the sacrifices you've made to get to where you are, the hardships, the things you go without, that when you give, and it's painful. But God says, there's more where that came from. Because the enemy wants you to feel that when you give, you have less. It's called a poverty mentality, that there's only so much, there's only so many pieces of pie. That if you lose a couple pieces, that's two less pieces that you're going to get. Or if somebody else gets several pieces of the pie, maybe you won't get a piece. But look at Paul does. He, after he tells them all this, he kind of explodes and says, but my God. Look at verse 19. One of the greatest verses in the Bible. And my God. Now he's not saying that to be exclusive, like he's mine, but 
Now, he's saying the God I know, the God I've lived with for 30 years, the God who saved me and redeemed me and cleansed me and washed me, the God who's met every need, the God who's been there when I've been stoned and shipwrecked and beaten, and the God that's lifted me up and protected me and washed my God, I'm gonna speak in his name, in his authority, in confidence. God is giving him this, this he's giving him the mic. And here's your permission with, with this conviction. My God shall meet your needs according to his riches. So say, my God, my God. That was, why. where were you? Thank you for two over here. On three, one, two, three. My God, your needs, his riches. If you remember that. Now you got it, you can't jerk this verse out of the context it's in. And say, my God's gonna meet. No, the context is you've learned to honor God with your finances. You've learned to be generous. You've learned to, as the book of Malachi teaches, you've learned to tithe. You've learned to honor God with the, your first fruits, not your leftovers. You've given God 10% or more. And in Malachi, he says, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour out a blessing that's going to be so big, you can't contain it. God said to us all year, can I trust you with more? We prayed the Jabez prayer. I'm not trying to do some materialistic, you know, manipulation you know, you give and you're going to get, and it's a path to riches. And no, I'm just saying this. He's a generous God. He smells the aroma of sacrifice. It's not how big, it's the proportion to what you have. Some people, that, that 10% of their income for the week is $25. And that's just in proportion to someone that's 10% is $2,500. God smells it the same. It's the sacrifice, it's the honor, it's the willingness to trust him and to give unto him. Paul says, my God is going to meet your needs according to his wealth. Remember the last time I checked, inflation hadn't bothered God. His bank accounts never diminished because he blesses one person. Doesn't mean he, does, he has less to bless you. It's not just, I don't want to just land on material blessings here because some of the greatest blessings that, that you could ever have are the blessings of the grace of God and forgiveness, the peace of God and, and contentment, the love of God in the joy of, of knowing that he cares and watches over us. And, and it's just the, 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 the prosperity of being watered by the God of the fountain. It's Jesus, because he says, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's, it's not outside of Christ. It's not beyond Christ or without Christ. He's saying, I'm, any blessing you ever get is through Jesus. And he gets all the glory, but he never runs out. Because somebody else gets blessed doesn't mean God has less to give to you. He may give it to you in a different way, but he's not going to give to you what's going to end up being a curse to you if you're not faithful to be able to handle. If you can't handle the little you have now and honor God with it, why would he give you more? Why would he trust you with more and you're not being responsible with what he's given you now? So there's tests. 
of maturity and discipleship. And that's why Paul says, man, I'm so happy for you guys. It's not that my needs got met. Yeah, that's, that's good. But, but you're, you're building a bank account with God for now and for eternity. You're building a bank account with God in your acts of service, your prayers, your sacrifices, your generosity, and your giving. Paul does, it wasn't about money to Paul. It was about, a, he turned that money into an expression of spiritual worship. Actually, to be honest with you, and I'll be, I welcome your input. Not today. I'm basically brain dead after the conference, haven't packed yet, and you pray for us. But as we get back, I'd, I'd love your feedback because one of the things we quit during COVID is we quit taking up a physical offering. We quit passing the plates. We've taken up one offering in two and a half years. And I got some blowback on that because people were worried about touching the plate and other people touched the plate and blah, blah, blah. So you get one of those big poles that some churches have, you know, you hold the pole out and it'll whack someone in the head that wasn't paying attention. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, here's a... So, and, and we're doing great. I mean, we have baskets at the back and we have online giving. And my wife and I give online. I miss putting it in the basket. I'm not saying we're going to change that. But I don't know how to do it, but I, I missed taking up an offering. And one of the, the thinking is, well, we don't want guests to think it's about money. But I'm not embarrassed about that. God's not, we'll never represent God as that he's going bankrupt if you don't bail him out. God needs a bailout. No, no. Uh, and so I don't know that we're going to go back to it or not, maybe some form. But I like the idea. That's why they called them offering back. It's an offering to God. And, and, and you can throw a piece of paper in there that's what you gave online or so. I don't know. I don't want to overthink it, but I just think it's missing. I think it's too easy for some of you to just go, yeah, I'm not going to go online. And yeah. And, and I just think some of you need to get in the game. You can't celebrate with us when we gave out that bingo money because you don't give. Or you don't get, you can't celebrate the roof in Burundi. You didn't give. You can't celebrate the Convoy of Hope kids because you didn't give. You can't celebrate all that this church does because you just give God a little tip and you're not, you're not in the game. I want you in the game. I want you to say, when we say you're going to Burundi with us, I want it to be because you've been so, but we didn't take up any special offerings to go to Burundi. How will we be able to afford it? We take a percentages of our monies that's taken in, and it goes back towards missions. So we're not, we don't killing you with extra offerings all the time. We took up an offering for the roof, an offering for the Convoy of Hope children. I don't think we took that. Those are the only, what was the other one? Oh, the van. Yeah, I thought you said the band. Like, what did we do with a band? We didn't do anything with a band. They did get new carpet up here, but we didn't need an offering for that. How did they know that we got new carpet? Well, there was a, took up an offering for that carpet? No, the van. That was a big deal. Because some people were a little worried that we were giving so much away to other countries. We weren't doing enough for people here. And it's a, I get that's a fair, it's a balance. Not either or, it's both. And so we bless someone uh, I wish we could buy everybody a van that needed, but we're, that's not, but, but we've been generous because God's been generous to us. Why did that guy leave $85,000? I don't even know him. A legacy. He's up watching in heaven right now. 
What could that mean? What could that be like? Knowing that it came right as we had lost one AC after another AC after another AC. And God's been good. We got the money to pay for them. Didn't have to ask anybody for anything. Because you're generous. So I just, I want to, as your pastor, one of your pastors, Kim and I just, please, not, not for, we're paid wonderfully well. We are taken care of phenomenally. We're honored and blessed and cared for by this church. Every pastor, that's not true of. That's just not true of their circumstance. And we're grateful. But I want you to have your heart all in at the vineyard. Jesus said it this way. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. When you put your treasure into a church, your heart's in there. That's home. And so give God a, a try. Of, of, of honoring him with your finances. It's not just that. Obviously, your time, your serving. But we want to say thank you for being a generous church and helping us be generous. We couldn't do Thursday nights for free. I got to think about it. We gave out, like, say, just for bike night, like over 10,000 hot dogs last year. If we, if we charged $5 a piece, chips and a string, we'd have made 50 thousand is that right five times a thousand no that's not ten thousand but don't blur it out if you're not a, a mad like me don't I don't need more help if you're not a mad <laughs> five times ten is fifty thousand did you say five <laughs> no oh you're on it Emily okay I'm you're with it you're with it you're with it come on come on bring it on come on Anytime I have a math question, you're on it. You didn't even need a calculator. I saw Rick over there had his phone out trying to calculate it, but you did it right in your own head. Which, by the way, just while I'm finishing up here, Thursday night, dinner church, we're all gone. Charles is with the team in Puerto Rico. We've got Jason, Kim and I, Carrie, and Richie, who normally cooks in the kitchen, we've called on him. He's going to preach Thursday night at dinner church. And we set it up with a little video that says, don't tell him that. But I'm announcing to them, hey, you, you guys have had hundreds and thousands of meals from our kitchen team and Chef Richie. He's going to serve you a different meal tonight. And he said, when we first told him, he said, you know, I think, I think I've got COVID that week. And uh, <laughs> here's a guy that stood on top of his motorcycle at 100 miles an hour going over the Cape Coral Bridge and did a full handstand in his crazy days. That didn't scare him, but speaking up here, he's petrified. But pray for Richie. I'm so excited for him. Jamie, his wife, leads our kids' ministry. And uh, so he's going to get up here and bring the word of the Lord. And so it's, it's, there's good to be in, us being, being gone. God's a good God, and he loves you. He's a generous father. But you've got to join in the flow. If it ain't flowing out, it ain't going to flow in. Let it flow out. Be generous. Let's pray together. <clears throat> you know, the most generous thing that God ever did and ever will do, he bankrupt heaven by sending what is most valuable, his son, Jesus, to die on a cross. 
That's the most generous, extravagant, radical sacrifice that's ever been made. Perfect lamb of God, Jesus. Because he loves you and because we needed redemption. And it can't come any other way. He can't buy it with animals or money. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. Had to be Jesus. If you're here today and you've never received his radical generosity of his love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Your part's to believe. His part was the giving sacrifice. So what do I do, Jamie? You place your faith in Christ. Not in yourself. Not in you doing enough good deeds. We can never repay. We can forever be grateful, but we we'll never repay. As the old little chorus said, he, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid my debt. It was nailed to the cross. He paid yours. Have you placed your faith fully in him and said, Jesus, would you come be Lord of my life? I receive your gift of forgiveness and your gift of eternal life. Just just whisper it in faith. Receive it. Nothing you can do to get it. He's done it all, but you have to trust him. Father, thank you for your generosity. You're a radical giver. You're a hilarious giver. You're a joyful father. You don't give grudgingly. You give with joy. We tasted that Wednesday night when we gave out that money at Bingo. We tasted it when we bought that pearl necklace. We tasted it when we celebrated that van. We experienced just a little bit. You let us get in on it. I think about all the Christmases I gave our daughters money to get their mama something for Christmas. They weren't old enough to work. And, but when Christmas came and mama opened that present and they shined with, got that for you, mama. Got that for you, mom. And it was just grace, Lord. That's how we are. You give us the grace to be generous to others. It's never us. It's always you. And we're grateful for that. Lord, bless this time of ministry, Lord. In Jesus' name.